0: Can you hear me now? All All the way in the back row. Okay, cool. (laughs) You got it. If I get too low, stand up. Raise your hands and praise the Lord. If I get too high, just sit there and be calm. I'll calm down. Uh, It is good to be back with you. In, in truth and joy, and thank you for that uh, worship team as you bring us into the time of worship. Uh, worship is what we ought to enter into this place in this house with a preparation on our heart and our mind. We ought to be ready for it and ready to hear the Word of God because that's where it comes from the worship of our Lord, and uh, the music sets the tone, it sets the stage, so to speak, it sets up for the preaching of the Word of God. So, uh, I trust the Lord will bless us as we listen to Him in the Word of God today. Take your Bibles, if you brought a copy with you today, if not, there is one in the back of the pew. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I want us to look at today the priority of prayer. Why I want us to look at this as the priority of prayer. Prayer right now is your number one priority you've had a pastor for twenty years, and we'll talk more uh, should the Lord uh, allow us to become part of your uh, family and uh, by way of interim pastor we 'll talk more about that and we'll we'll listen we'll share i'll ask you to share um, because after twenty years um, he was he and his family were a part of you uh, it, that's tough it's very tough uh, it's very difficult uh, thankfully it's not a death uh, but they're transitioning to another ministry that doesn't mean that they don't love you don't care about you it's a, simply a transition God has called them to to go somewhere else, to do something else, but in the same line as what they did. So we'll talk about how that affects you, what it means to you uh, for them to have left after 20 years of leadership, and um, uh, what the next few years may bring, and what the Lord wants you to do from here. Because, see, the Lord isn't finished with you yet. Uh, God still has great plans for Corinth Baptist Church. Uh, Look around the community. That's all you have to do. Look around the community and see the growth that's taking place. Why is it growing? And what is our responsibility as it grows? And what should we be doing? What should we be about? And so we'll talk about all of those things as a part of our process of transitioning. Transitioning from what has been to what will be. So chapter 2 of the book of First Timothy... And I want us to back up to chapter 1, verse 18 and following, and then I will read verses 1 through 4, chapter 2. In honor of God's Word, if you are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. This is coming from the Apostle Paul. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, those prophecies made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I appointed a pre- I, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, move mightily upon us today with your message to each heart and life, each family, that we may be faithful and open to your Holy Spirit's leading, to your direction, your guidance. to what you would have us to do, where you would have us to go, and how you would have us to live and be. God, today, be glorified and magnify your name with us, in us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Our worship team has led us truthfully... In the right direction of worship. The Savior King is the Lord Jesus. And the worship that we have of him now turns our hearts and our minds to the written word. The word that will be spoken. And the living word. So here is God's word for us today. Priority one is prayer. Priority one for Corinth Baptist Church right now, in this stage of your life, in the transition that is going on, priority one is prayer. The Apostle Paul sets that as prayer. There's a transformation that's taking place here a transformation that was taking place in young Timothy's life and in the life of him as a minister. And so Paul, the apostle, trained, taught, very intelligent, but one who was very humble and willing to give of himself to others, leading young Timothy, called him to a time of prayer. Therefore, he says, I exhort. Well, whenever you see therefore in the Scriptures, you need to ask the question, what is therefore, therefore? Because there's a reason for therefore to be in the Scripture. Therefore is therefore, and back up before it, because that's why therefore is there. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Paul is telling young Timothy, although he already knows it, that we are in a battle. We're at war. We're at war between good and bad. We're at war between the spiritual darkness and spiritual light. We are at war. So, whenever we think that perhaps this life is supposed to just go humming along real well, please note, that is erroneous. That is a bad assumption. Because it's not. As I shared with you last week, there are always storms in our lives. There are always going to be storms. You may not be going through one right now, but this afternoon, this evening, tomorrow morning, sometime you're going to face a storm in your life. How are you going to cope with that storm? And I shared with you several ways in which to navigate the storms of your life. Today, I'm talking about priority of prayer as a means of what you're going through and what you will be going through in the days to come. Because we cannot do without prayer. Paul in fact says, having faith and a good conscience which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. He is telling young Timothy that Some people have suffered the wrong path, they've gone the wrong way, and because of that, they've suffered and are suffering shipwreck. Uh, You can read throughout Paul's writings, you can hear him talk about some of the shipwrecks that he was privy to. Some of the shipwrecks of other people's lives that brought shipwreck into his own life because they didn't heed what he said. Paul sets the frame of this praying as a result of the shipwreck of followers of Christ early on. Because some did not maintain a good conscience and good faith, some rejected the faith, and because of that have suffered shipwreck. And he names several. Hymenaeus, Alexander, and then he says, I delivered them to Satan. He gave them to Satan. Well, why did Paul do that? Why did the Apostle Paul give Hymenaeus and Alexander up to Satan? Because that was the direction they were going in. They didn't listen to him. They didn't want to pay attention to him. So he gave them up to Ale- to Satan so that... Hopefully, they would see the error of their way and come back. The first word in chapter 2, then, is I exhort. After, therefore, therefore, again, back up to verses 18 through 20. And then as we start chapter 2, I exhort, first of all, first of all, he is stating that which is priority, first of all. Whenever the scripture puts first in there, what does it mean? Anybody? First. It means first, that you do that first. When, and I mentioned this last week, just mentioned the tithing. The scripture tells us, first of all, we set aside our tithe. First of the week. So there are first there, there are numbers that the Apostle Paul is going by because he's talking and he's telling us that the first thing we do once we get paid is we first of all set aside the tent. First at the first of the week, which is the first of the week? The first day of the week is Sunday. So, on the first day of the week, we set aside a tent. That's why we have an offering in church. So, that first of all, we receive the tithes and offerings. Offering is that which you give over and above the tithe. It is not the tithe. It is over and above the tithe. You give it. We give it because the Lord desire. He, he loves us. He gave himself for us. So, we in turn have an opportunity of giving back to him his tithe. Now, that's enough. That's not what I'm preaching on today. Prayer is what I'm talking about. Prayer. Paul, as he talked about the Alexander and Hymenaeus, they went shipwrecked because of what they rejected. They rejected the faith. They rejected their faith. The word faith in the Greek means persuasion, credence, moral conviction. Ladies and gentlemen, may I say to you today that the United States of America has lost its moral conviction. We have lost our way. We have followed dumbly, excuse me, but we have followed that which we ought not to follow, just like the Apostle Paul is talking here with Hymenaeus and Alexander. We have falsely followed that which we have heard and which we have over the years listened to falsely. And now we are finding out that our government has lied to us so many times, and we have, and it doesn't make any difference whether they are Republican or or, or Democrat, independent, all have lied to us at some point and some time, misleading us down a wrong road. That's why we're in the shape we're in. And we have today the lack of moral conviction of Public leaders to stand up and be counted. Prayer. Prayer is priority one. Priority one. Religious truth and truthfulness of God comes from His Word. Comes through His Word. Comes by the Holy Spirit's leadership. And it comes because of prayer. Prayer, then also they went away from a good conscience. I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. They having a faith and a good conscience in verse 19 of chapter 1, some having rejected concerning the faith have faced and suffered shipwreck. They've lost their way they have no right to lead us because they rejected the faith, they rejected a good conscience, they suffered shipwreck. Shipwreck means that they were stranded or it means to make, to suffer. What Paul is saying, because they rejected the truth of God's Word, it brings suffering upon them. May I say also, ladies and gentlemen, that because we reject, The Word of God, we bring suffering upon ourselves. We bring the judgment of God upon us. When we reject His Word, when we reject the teaching of His Word, and the teaching of God's people. Friends, when we suffer shipwreck, we are in grave danger. The late Peter Danecki, founder of the Slavic Gospel Association, said, much prayer, much power. No prayer, no power. When a local church ceases to depend upon prayer to God, its leader, its author, its creator, its caller when we cease to rely upon prayer, God ceases to bless our ministries. No matter what they are. And no matter how good they may seem to be. So, when God ceases to bless, we need to ask the question, what's happened? What has happened? When we don't sense God here, when we don't sense His presence, when we don't sense Him leading us, we need to ask, what's wrong? And we don't need to begin to point the fingers at he, she. We need to point it back here. First. Prayer. First. It is priority one. Well, then Paul goes into delineating for us several different kinds of prayer. In, in verses 1 and, and 2, he talks about confident prayer. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Are you leading a quiet and peaceable life right now? Is it peaceable around your house? Is it peaceable around your community? Is it peaceable in your town? Is it peaceable in our state? In our nation? Quiet. My wife and I just moved to Nashville, North Carolina, uh, back in November, middle of November, and uh, we, we, some, some have said, why in the words you moved to Nashville for? Well, Nashville is the center of the universe. You didn't know that? Actually, it's not center of the universe, I I a jo- joke with you there, but it, it is sort of central on the, on main roads, it's, you've got, Highway 64 that goes east and west. you got I-95 that goes north and south. We are right there at both of them. And, and where we live, we are really less than two miles away from 64, less than ten miles away from 95. In fact, we're probably about five miles from 95. And, uh, and, and so I've, I've already traveled in both directions up I ninety five preaching and down ninety five preaching. Uh sixty four uh I go back and forth when I go to a pool funeral service and pool funeral home and and doing that and, and ministry and, and uh sharing with uh, families uh, uh during death and doing their, their funeral uh here, there and yon. Hither and yon. So traveling and placing is, is is good but it's quiet most of the time in Nashville on our deck in the evening when the sun has gone down behind the trees we can sit out there and just enjoy Uh, in the afternoon when the sun's up we can sit on the front porch and enjoy quietness but inside we're churning because of what's going on in our world there is no peace there is no real quietness priority 1 is prayer paul's talking about now a confident prayer praying confidently is bold prayer Listen again to what he says. Therefore I exhort, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. These are different kinds of prayer. A confident prayer. That's exactly what the Lord has told us to do when he said, Come boldly before the throne of grace, and there lay your petitions down that you may find grace and mercy to help in time of need. And with the firm belief that God hears us and God will respond to us, we exercise courage when we bring our prayer requests to the Lord. We exercise dependence upon Him. We exercise our confidence that He can handle it. There are four Greek words here, Greek nouns that are used for prayer all of them include praying confidently supplications is offering a prayer request for a felt need you have a need in your life you have a need of of healing do you have a need of comfort do you have a need of a job situation financial situation whatever supplications offering prayer requests for a felt need prayers emphasizes the fact of, sacredness of prayer. When Paul says supplications and prayers, I exhort, first of all, that this is what you do, this is the way you do it confidently. Supplications, praying for a felt need, prayers emphasizing the sacredness. Prayer is an act of worship, by the way. We, had, we included in worship not as an add-on, it is a way, it is a part of prayer, is a part of worship. Intercessions, better translated petitions. The basic meaning is to draw near to a person and converse confidently with him. It, in, it suggests that we enjoy a fellowship with the Lord. We fellowship so much with the Lord that He knows what we're going to say. He knows us. And as we come to Him and we pray and offer that prayer, He's going to hear it and He's going to respond to it. Intercession. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a part of worship and praying. We thank God for what He's done in answer to our prayer. For who he is and what he does in his grace for us. Sometimes we would do well to follow David and just lift up thanksgiving to God. Sometimes it's it's just a wonderful experience. I love to walk and pray. Pray while I'm walking. Now I don't close my eyes while I'm walking. Nor do I close my eyes when I'm driving and I'm praying. I want to see where I'm going, and I want to see where others are going, especially if they're coming towards me or wherever they may be going. But I love to walk and pray and talk to God, and sometimes I just, I just praise Him. Sometimes I just thank Him. Sometimes that is just an act of worship and a time of worship for Him to hear me. And to just know how much I love him and appreciate what he has done for us. Praying confidently is prayer for all men. No one is outside the sphere of prayer. This is why so many moms and grandmothers pray for their children, for their grandchildren to be saved. And it's why so many of them are saved, get saved, turn around from the way they're going, and, and see God and find God and turn to God because of confident prayers. Praying confidently is prayer for those in authority. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Pray for all men, for kings and all who are in Authority. That's all who are politically and spiritually in authority. There are those spiritual leaders that we need to pray for. Our pastor, our pastor's family, deacons, teachers, uh, uh, workers of all kinds in the church, our our music teams, our ministry teams of all kinds. Pray for them, because they're in leadership, and they're going to suffer, well, suffer is not a good word, but they're going to receive the judgment that is due them based upon the responsibility God's given to them to lead in worship, to lead in Sunday school, to lead as deacons and leaders uh, and, and ladies. The same thing. Friends, we are to pray confidently, For all who are in authority, we may not agree with them. Listen carefully. We may not agree with them. We may not agree with our president. We may not have voted for our president. But unfortunately or not, he is our president. They are our president. They are our leaders. And so we must pray for them. We pray. One of the reasons why we suffer so much politically is because we don't pray for them. I really believe that, that we haven't prayed enough for them. Pray and pray and pray some more. Praying confidently is praying for all people, and particularly those in authority, as the Apostle Paul has said. And praying confidently is prayer for our good. Look at verse 2 again with me. For kings and all who are in authority, why? Why should we pray for them? Why should we make prayer for those that we don't like, don't agree with, don't want them in those positions? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, I want to Follow that with this statement. The Bible says in the latter days, there will be those who will not and do not listen to sound truth. And because they do not listen and endure sound doctrine or sound truth, they will cause great problems persecution ladies and gentlemen the persecution of christ followers has begun it is no longer coming down the pike it is no longer on its on its way it is here it is here and and people in government people all over the world are turning their back on Christ, and on God, and on us as Christians. They're turning towards us, and persecuting us. Many have already been persecuted, and it's not going to stop. Now, we have four grandchildren... And one great-grandson and another one on the way. I tremble for my great-grandchildren. I tremble for my grandchildren as well. But more for my great-grandchildren and those that will follow them. Why? Because they're going to have to endure a great deal more than we are in the days to come because the bible says it's coming in fact it's here pray prayer is number 1 priority prayer prayer now not only praying praying confidently but prayer that pleases god look at verse 3 for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior The Greek word good emphasizes the idea of something being intrinsically good, not just good in its effect. Fair and beautiful are synonyms. Certain prayer in itself is a good practice and brings with it many good benefits, but prayer is also pleasing to the Lord. It pleases the Father, God, when we pray to Him. It pleases Him when we fall on our face and Turn to Him. It pleases Him when we call out to Him. It pleases Him when we turn to Him and saying, God, we can't handle this. God, we don't know what's happening. God, we don't understand what's happening. God, we don't know what's going on and why. But we know You do. And He does. We can depend on Him. So we turn to Him. We call out to Him. We pray to Him. It pleases Him when His children come to Him. One of the things that I, I i really enjoy is when my my boys or or grandchildren come to me and ask me, uh and that's what they they call me i don't know where they got it from, but uh, our first grandson called me that, and it's taken off ever since so peepa uh what about this or dad what what you know what do I need to do here and uh what what's your advice well you know That, that's important. And so, it's a priority for me to remain confident in the Lord for wisdom to help them. The Pharisees prayed in order to be praised by men, Matthew 6, 5, or to impress other worshipers in Luke 18. True Christians pray to the Lord God in order to please God. We don't want to pray as we stand up here and just pray, Oh God, hear our prayer. No, that's not why we come up here. That's not why we're here. We're here not to make a sound. We're here to call out to God in prayer, in need. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if that's true, and it is, then we we have a right to call upon Him so much more. It's often said that the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. Hallelujah. That's it. To get God's will done on earth. We've missed it. We've missed it. But we can get it back. And the fourth type of praying is prayer for salvation. Look at verse 4. Who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he emphasizes that by saying there's one God, one mediator, mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. The salvation of lost souls is one reason to pray. That's why moms and grandmoms pray for their children and their grandchildren. I've heard so many stories about, my, I heard my mama praying for me. I've heard so many songs about mama's prayers. We know Mamas pray. That's just one type of praying. Mamas and grandmamas and ladies, now isn't the time to stop praying. Now is the time to bump up, boost up that prayer life for Corinth Baptist Church and all who are in leadership and responsibility. Because we want God's direction here. God loved the world, John three sixteen. Christ died for the whole world, 1 John 2. Jesus died on the cross, John 12, 32. All people without distinction, Jew and Gentile alike, rich and poor, religious and pagan, are the ones that we ought to be praying for to be saved. New Things, it is a, a ministry and it's based on Scripture, a passage in the Old Testament that talks about, behold, I am doing, the Lord is saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. And He is doing new things all the time, all around us, everywhere. And a part of what I do, a devotional three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At least I try, unless I'm working um, and or caught up somewhere else. Then I do a Wednesday night study, uh, Sunday morning uh, sermon, uh, 9 to 10, Sunday morning, 7 to 8, Wednesday night. I will adjust that and have adjusted that uh, as I need to. and uh, but But we have a prayer list. Uh, Some have called in. We have others that that give us a report and give us names. We pray for different one. Take the time to pray. It means a great deal to people to know they're being prayed for. Friends, the number one priority right now for Corinth Baptist Church is prayer. The number one priority for you and me, and us, and all of us, in reality, is prayer. Prayer. These priorities that I've talked about this morning basically boils down to one. Prayer. Prayer of every kind. Prayer in every way. Prayer to God. Let me simply say, there's one priority that we're going to be doing and looking at. And that's praying. Praying. Dr. Charles Stanley recently went home to be with the Lord. Love that man. <laughs> he, he, could, he could stand up and preach for 60 minutes. He could probably preach longer than that. But uh, he could preach for a, a good while. But Dr. Stanley tells a story of his mother praying. And him listening to his mother's prayer one time. And praying for him. And he said, that's what him to come to the Lord, recommit his life to the Lord Jesus, and, and then to the ministry. Dr. Charles Stanley is known for the fact of having a prayer closet, a prayer place in which he got on his knees and his face before the Lord to pray. Let me ask you, he, he tells a lot of, of, of answer to prayer, and he talks a lot about prayer. And in his books, his prayer, he tells of what God has done and responds to his praying. It's, he's, it's marvelous. That's why he was able to do what he was able to do. And that's what's going to help us do what we need to do at Corinth Baptist Church prayer. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. God help us. In these moments, refresh us, oh Lord God, as you, Holy Spirit, move in our midst and cause us to be yielded to you today. Lord, if there's one here today who's not saved, I pray they will call upon the name of the Lord. And Lord, I pray for your children, your leaders, your church here at Corinth to be united together in prayer above all else for your lordship and leadership over them. In Christ's name. Amen.